What are we going to do without Dave tonight? I don't know. I think you should let me do the intro. You think you want to do the intro? <laughs> How funny would it be if I did it? I, I don't know. I, I kind of I now all of a sudden I, I kind of want you to try it. I kind of want to see what happens. Or, or or should we save that one for the 500th episode? I think, nah, that's a special one. I feel like you got to do that one. Well, I'm just saying, we're not going to have Tony Bennett, so. We need uh, the gravitas. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do it, I'm, I'd be I'd be down with it. I think it would be fun. Yeah. Let me know it? when you're recording, and then I'll just do it. And then if we don't like it, we don't use it. That's true. We don't have to. Either way, we can have this be the, the intro intro. And mm-hmm. then people either know that they, they, they missed out on hearing you do it, um, or they know what's about to come, so. Yeah, they'll either know that I really screwed it up or they'll they'll get to hear it. And then they'll be like, he screwed it up and Brad should have cut it, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great that's a tr- such a great place to end it. Okay. Welcome everyone to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. My name is Justin Ferber. I am coming to you live from Charlottesville, Virginia, where it is Tuesday night, February 21st, I believe. Uh, UVA coming UVA coming off of a big win over Notre Dame at home, uh, closer than obviously we thought it would be, but you know, on to Boston College and North Carolina on the road this week, but yeah, looking forward to talking about that and getting into everything else. Before we do that, let's introduce everybody. And for tonight, everybody is Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Brad, how you doing tonight? <laughs> I don't know what we are in the upside down. I I don't know. I it's I, I can't I can't even explain how backwards my brain feels right now. Um, uh, if backwards brain is a thing, I've got it. Um, wow. Okay. Well, all right. First off, uh, I'm doing very well. For how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm doing. I um, I, I I'm I'm not gonna lie. You made that sound really easy, and suddenly I feel, I feel very. Uh, we've done it. We've done a few of these. I feel very uh very not special all of a sudden. <laughs> um, wow. That I, I kind of well lost it when I was like recapping like what. Yeah, yeah. You, what you just called happened. it a big win, and I was like, ooh, cause yeah, it wasn't that, yeah. But no, you did. Yeah, you did. You did a a very nice job, uh, in that. So, um. It's uh, Cavs underscore corner on Twitter. Awesome. All right, you take it from here. I don't no, know you, what. No, you, then you got to do the. You got to do the. Oh, you I'm at the... Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter for all your in-game updates, witty banter, and occasional tweets. I don't know. I don't tweet that much anymore. Tweets. Oh, it's so good. You should get on the. You should get on the Mastodon. All right. Yeah, I'll switch um, it over. I like how you were like, yeah. Please take this. Take this. Take this wheel, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what comes next. This is off script. This is like you know the first series of a football game is like scripted, and then it's like I don't know what I'm doing now. Oh gosh, that was fun. That was a great idea, and you you came up with that like spur of the moment too. I'm very impressed. Yeah, just just All right. thought it would be fun. So the aforementioned quote unquote big win, Virginia 57-55 over Notre Dame. They're coming off of a 61-58 win at Louisville a few nights earlier. Um, not exactly the way you wanted those two games. I mean, look, clearly you want Virginia to win. I'm not. I'm not crazy, right? Um, you you want Virginia to win uh, to have a you know Notre Dame. To have a shot at the end to win it, I mean, I mean that ball looked good too out of his hand. I I, I thought that thing was going down. Um, Virginia didn't score a field goal in that game against Notre Dame in the last three twenty-two. Matter of fact, they were one of their last eight um, from the floor. Um, not exactly the way you want to be closing out a team at home. And uh, you know something, Ferber and I talked about um, on the way out of JPJ the other day, which I'm which I'm guessing is basically going to become the podcast. Uh, since uh, Dave was um, otherwise disposed, um, he will he will hopefully be back next week. It would be a real bummer if he missed episode five hundred because he had to like I don't know. He's gonna have to do the intro next week. Wow, that's such a great idea. We're gonna have to warn him though. He's not he's not like he can't. I don't know if Dave's uh, in his wheelhouse to just like spur the moment do it. Um, and I don't know if since he's so busy right now if he'll actually listen to the show before we get there. 
Although he might listen to the first few minutes just to make sure that like we didn't say anything crazy about him. Um, I'm trying to think. Everybody, everybody out there, if you're listening, tweet at Dave at Who Dave's <laughs> on Twitter. What would what would he not want to see? What would he not want to see? I guess just tell him that the ACC's down and just you know see how he reacts to that. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's got a lot of stats to prove that it's not as down as people think, and he's probably uh, right. Yeah, he but, probably is. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, just tweet at him that the ACC's just not what it used to be. Just yeah, just, yeah, tweet at him and tell him that um, that new balances are not great. Um, okay, so all right. Speaking of new balances, Virginia obviously getting ready for a game. As you listen to this, that the Cavaliers will play tonight in Chestnut Hill. Um, we already have run the preview, so this is one of those ranges where we can talk about it a little more freely, maybe than we typically would in the past. Uh, but before we get to Boston College and the and the fighting Quentin Post, I, I want to I, I kind of want to dig into this idea that, uh, as I mentioned, Ferber and I were walking out of JPJ together the other day, and sort of talking about the differences with this team and. Um, what we're going to, the conversation we're going to have on, on, at least for the next little bit here is not in, does not in any way, shape or form mean like we're, we're saying like Virginia can't like go deep in the ACC tournament, can't make it to the second or even third, you know, weekend of the NCAAs. It's just a, a difference of sort of realities, right? The Virginia, the best Virginia teams, right? Of the Tony Bennett era would have not just beaten Louisville and Notre Dame. They would have absolutely crushed them like so fast. There would have been a 25 to 2 run somewhere in there. It would have been, I mean, walk ons would have played significant minutes. And this is no shot. This is no shade at, um, at anybody. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to state a fact, what I believe to be a fact, okay? Which is the, the past Virginia teams that were really good that are sort of the benchmark, if you will, right? For, how you judge a team in in this program, um, they would have just beaten the brakes off these dudes. And watching that ball in the air and then it clangs off and, you know, everybody's like, you know, sort of exhales. Not to say that Virginia, when they won the championship, that the Cavaliers didn't have some tight games, but they didn't have tight games like, like this team seems to play with fire. And that's a perfect – you use that in the storylines. Um, in the days since – uh, we left JPJ. I'm guessing that this this whole idea is sort of. I mean, you sort of spoke to it directly in the, in the storylines piece, but um, I'm guessing this idea sort of coalesced in your head uh, in terms of just like there's a difference I think between good teams that just aren't able to always flip the switch and good teams who sometimes just don't play well, right? And I, I wonder where Virginia is on that spectrum. Where do you feel like Virginia is on that spectrum, and how? How how real is the is the playing with fire in your opinion? Yeah, you know, I Twitter was like kind of down during the game or down all the way. I can, I can't remember what was going on. I tried to tweet something at the buzzer and it didn't. I don't think it went through. But basically, I said they're taking the just win baby thing like way too literally in these games. Um, <laughs> and obviously, like same with the Duke. We said this after they beat Duke. Like you don't apologize for winning. Like you know that's you just take your wins and you move on. Maybe you learn some lessons if the game was closer than it needed to be. My thing with this team is like, honestly teams, you know, like if you want to anecdotally look at like what they did against Louisville and be like, well, this team had a close game against this other team. Like if you look at the really good Tony Bennett teams, like they would have games like that, but then they would, the next game they'd win by 27 or whatever, you know? And I feel like this team hasn't had many of those, you know, and they really haven't, they haven't had a single ACC win by more than 20 points, even though Boston college the first time around was about as close as you can get. I think they won by 19 and led by 20 plus down the stretch, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, like you, you wonder, you know, UVA's dropped to like 24th in Ken Palm or something. And a lot of that is like Ken Palm measures efficiency. And this team just isn't that isn't winning. They're winning, but they're not winning like efficiently. And that's okay. Like you, you're winning. Like that's what's important. But the inability to, to win efficiently against bad teams could kind of spell some trouble when this team plays better teams. And honestly, like, you know, we can talk about the ACC being down, whatever, but I think one thing that is sort of incontrovertible is, is like they haven't played anybody recently. That's of the caliber of like the Kansas Baylor Houston type teams. Right. I mean, Duke at home 
is like a fine win, but Duke's going to be like a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, and, and who else have they played this good? I mean, like they're going to play Carolina on Saturday, but Carolina is out of the field right now. NC state, I guess is like pretty good, I think, but like that was a home game. Um, and you would just imagine, like, I think, and I think it's worth saying that like Louisville and Notre Dame are probably better than their records say, I think, especially Louisville, like they've, they've definitely made some strides in the right direction. Um, and they're not like a four win caliber team. Um, but that is where they are. And I, I think that it would be nice to see UVA just kind of like pulverize one of these teams that they're clearly better than. And I, I, you know, I said this in the piece, but I don't really think that requires them to be like 10 times better than they've been. I think it requires them to be marginally better. I mean, we talked about it on Saturday, but like what was, I don't have a Ken Palm in front of me, but like, I believe they led by seven at one point in the second yeah, half, right? They did. Yeah. If you get, we talked about this. If you get that game out to 12 or uh-huh. 10, it's over. Like, you know, you're going to coast probably yeah. to the finish. Like that's going to be too much pressure for Notre Dame. You're going to get the crowd more into it. You're going to close it out. Louisville, same thing. They got it up to seven. Louisville calls timeout. It felt like UVA kind of was like, all right, we got this one. And then Louisville went on like a six Oh run. Um, and it feels like these games are just tighter than they need to be. And I can tell you, like, once you get into the NCAA tournament, even in the first round, like, if you let a team hang around, all those teams are either really good at winning games late because yeah. they've won a lot of games mm-hmm. or they're good. So, like, you're going to be in a dogfight with anybody you play after the ACC tournament. Yeah. A couple of things. First off, you made the point about better teams. And, and I think the thing that is so hard for people to wrap their minds around is that when you look at the league, like, Clemson was, for the better part of the season, the best team in the league, and they're probably not going to make the tournament, right? And it's not just a, fa- a function of, well, there aren't really that great, you know, the, the best of the best in the ACC are not necessarily great yet this year. And it's not even a function of, like, what the league is as a whole. It's more about, like, night in and night out, the talent that you're normally, that you're used to, the, the teams that you're used to playing, the caliber of players you're used to seeing, the caliber of teams – you know, when you said your ACC record was 13 and three, that meant something. And it's hard to translate 13 and three right now because the ACC is just not what we're used to seeing the ACC as. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, um, if you look at that 26, I think it was 2019 team I, I picked in the thing I wrote, like, look at the Ken Palm rankings for those teams. Like, yep. the teams that UVA was beating by like 15 were ranked like 16th in Ken Palm, 24th right. in Ken Palm. Yeah. Let's, all right, let's walk through this. Okay. Virginia beat a Virginia Tech team that was 13th in Ken Palm, 81 to 59. All right, they lost to the uh, number four Duke, 72 seven twice. All yeah. right, they lost Close to twice. Duke by ten. Kinda. All right, yeah, they beat uh, number seven North Carolina by eight. They beat 23 Louisville by ten. They beat 39 Syracuse by uh, 16. Sorry, 26. My bad. They beat 23 Louisville by five. So like over the course of a season, you're gonna get you're going to get a chance to play it usually in the ACC. You're going to get a chance to play really good teams. Duke is not what Duke has been. Carolina has clearly like the wheels came off for them in a weird way, which, you know, at some point we're going to have to have a conversation about maybe not like us, but like the kind like, I just don't hear enough about like what happened to Carolina because you can't see that team do what it did in March and then look at this and go, yeah, no, this is fine. I think um, the hidden thing with them is that like they weren't that good last season during the regular season. Right. Yeah. They, they were like a nine in, seed. Yeah. And then NCAA and they just got really hot for like three weeks and they are really talented. Yeah. But I think but, maybe they're a little above their station ranking wise just because like people were like, oh, look how good they are. And they brought everybody back. But it was really like they had five good games. And the other thing I wanted to say, which I completely lost my point, um, was, was related, I think, to, um, you know, if you look at, if Virginia had won either at Miami or at Pittsburgh, you feel dramatically differently about this team, right? They lost those two games by a combined five points, right? The problem is, is that neither one of those teams is remarkably good. Miami right now at 31 Pittsburgh, if you yeah, I think Miami now, is the team that I would maybe quibble with and be like, they're probably better than I think the Rams. Probably, say. yeah. But and, but and, they're and but that's it. I'm not I'm not quibbling on Pitt. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I think they're I think they're a first round team. Now listen, I I I understand that for a lot of folks this year are real down on Ken Palm, and this reminds me of like when Virginia's recruiting classes aren't that great because rivals didn't have them here. You know, whoever recruiting service didn't have them there, and people start like 
blaming the recruiting service. Like it's the recruiting service's fault. Ken Palm is not wrong, right? All Ken Palm is trying to do is to sort of make everything relative to each other. Okay. And it's baked out all of this stuff from the preseason by now. So it's not yeah. like it's like based on preseason expectations. Yeah, Carolina's anymore. not 44th because, because they were preseason whatever. You know what I mean? But like real talk, like if you look at the games Virginia has played and the, the teams that they've beaten, like, yeah, it's great to be, to have gone, you know, they lost two of their first uh, four ACC games and now they're 13 and three. That's great that they've only lost one game since January uh, 3rd. Yeah. That's awesome. And, at the end of the day, what you're supposed to do, regardless of who you're playing, is win the game, right? Yeah, and they deserve some credit for winning these games. And, and like, it's do. not like and I'm trying to take games, that away from them. But and, and agreed, and it's and I, and I certainly don't think you are, for the record. But like, yeah. the thing that the thing that I find super interesting about this is like, there is there are points to be had because you manage to find a way regularly, right? Um, even if necessarily the 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 ways that you find it aren't the same. And just because the level of opponent dips and, you know, the same thing tends to happen, right? Case in point, Virginia beat North Carolina at home 65-58. They, the, the Tar Heels did not have Armando Bathcoat for basically that entire game, right? They go to Florida State, who is number 215 in Kempom, and win 67-58, right? They basically did the same thing to, the, to, to very different teams, one home, one away, Right? There's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason if you really look at the at the results Virginia's had against the teams that they've had them against. Other than like you could you could make a you know oh matchups you know styles make fights right. Other than that, like what do you like what's the what's the what's the long term sort of conclusion you can come to that that says that Virginia is actually much better than fifty top fifty barely in an offensive efficiency and barely. Just out, or I guess just outside the top twenty-five, and do, like that's kind of what I feel like I've seen, right? Mm -hmm. And the eye test is, and that's the thing with the ACC too. Like, I think people can say like the ACC is better than they look on paper with the metrics, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that in some of the cases, but I think the eye test, like you know, think about these teams versus like, like think about this Duke team versus like the Zion Duke team is not comparable, right? Like that Duke team would smoke this Duke team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not the same. So like the eye test kind of matches up with the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ah, oh, man. I don't know, dude. It's but just a... yeah. And, and I think like, I think part of the thing too is like the UVA team is good. Like they, they, I mean, we're not saying like, they're not good. Like it's hard to win games and, and you, we see other teams like struggle and lose games that they shouldn't all the time. But um, so UVA deserves credit for winning them and they're getting that credit because they're ranked sixth. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. But and do I mean, we think like they're the sixth best team based on like how they've played? I don't. And the I weird mean, thing about the, and the weird thing about this specific sport is that it is very much a game. This was the point I was trying to make earlier and completely forgot about. It's very much a game by game sort of deal, right? There are no seven game series in college basketball, Right. But in order to really understand how good a team is or isn't, you sort of have to watch more than one game. So you could look at UVA's roster and say, when they're at their best, this is what you can expect from them. And you can know that because you've watched them play 25 games, right? And then you can also say, like, as of right now, you have an expectation that this is one of the better, you know, this is one of the top 16 or top 20 or whatever, whatever you think they are, right? But in the NCAA tournament, the best part about this sport, and the reason that everybody like you know clamors for it, is because it doesn't really matter. Ask North Carolina; it doesn't really matter what you did the previous three months, right? You line up and play. All yeah. the previous three months did was sort of give us all a glimpse of like how good most of these teams are. But then it's it's a one game crapshoot, and the question is, can you put it together? Now we saw Virginia go to Vegas and really play well against what I believe are the two best teams that they've beaten this season, right? In Baylor and Illinois. Right. Um, they were in it for a good spell against Houston before I think the um, the Cougars really signed, kind of put them away. Um, and Beekman wasn't 100 percent. There's no there's sh that. Like, shame in that. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Fine. And, and that honestly is one of the things that makes me feel probably best around this about this team is that they they didn't lose that game by like 20, you know. Yeah, I just think like, that like you can you can make a through line between the sort of like mental. um focus and sort of the um 
I don't want to say intestinal fortitude. I hate that term. But like there's a the drive. Dave Lato-ism. <laughs> right. There's a drive that you have to have in order to just like absolutely pulverize an opponent who is not very good, right? Like you it's not just it's not just like in the game itself. It's the way you prepare for it. It's the you know, I'm not saying that like uh dudes are low. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like there's a mental piece of this of like we're all human, right? And you understand like, hey, we're we're better than this team. We should win this game, right? You got to have a certain level of of hunger, even when you are the team that is top whatever and is you know number one whatever that whatever that thing is. There's a certain level of hunger you have to have in order to basically go out and just beat the brakes off somebody. And those the best Virginia teams do that not because they're just hungry for it, but but they are, but also because like that's just the way it works, right? Like those Virginia teams, like the, especially the championship team, that group was really good, but that group was also like just very comfortable in itself. And I'm not saying that this one is that dudes aren't comfortable. I just think that like when you watch them against like inferior talent, it's hard for them to sort of separate to Ferber's point. Like they, they sort of do this where they get in a spot and they're like right at that place where they can really separate. They kind of did it against NC state, which is funny because NC state's probably like the third best team that they've beaten this season. If you think about it. Yeah. And that was an interesting game because it was like, NC State, I mean, a lot of this is to the credit of UVA's defense, but they just missed so many shots. And it's yeah, not like did. UVA buried them by just like cavalanching them. Remember right. cavalanches? Like that's what I, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at here is like I feel like against teams like Notre Dame, you should have those. And, and they, they kind of had one them. a little bit against um against NC State. Yeah, you know? yeah, they did. And and it was, you know, they they took care of it. They had one kind of early in the game yeah, where it was right. like they kind of stretched it out and that right. that was a comfortable that was a good win like i wouldn't take that away from them at all yeah no and, um, and i think that's what's interesting about this team dude is that like on the one hand you've got like a bunch of these like tight games against teams that like they really should have beaten by like 17 points and then you've got a couple of like not i mean i don't want to throw baylor and illinois out because it was so early in the season i people try to do that um but like even like the two like the two games where we we agree that if they had won those games we feel very differently about the 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 team like they only lost about a total of five points you know both yeah they haven't the been that was I, I said that as one of the positives I was like they haven't been out of any game like no, you know they've I mean, been in it so and if you're in a game with Houston you can be in a game with anybody yeah so I think that's your ceiling is like they can play with anybody. Yeah. Um, and even the, but they can know, be a, played with by anybody. <laughs> like, you know, right, I think exactly. that's true too. There was a, we there saw was a that. Point they almost that, lost to a team that had three wins. There was a point in that tech game, even, you know, in the second half where you thought like, Hey man, Virginia might, you know, start to do this. And then tech sort of just kind of came back. Mm-hmm. My, um, Mike Bray made an interesting point the other night, which we've talked about at times on the podcast over the years, which is the idea that like Virginia's pace of play means that you're kind of always going to be in the game. Yeah. And one of the things that I think has, you know, people, detractors and stuff get get all, you know, bent out of shape trying to trying to make this argument. And they don't ever really hit the, the right nail on the head, which is this. One of the downsides to it is that you have to be so efficient if you're UVA, right, because you have limited possessions now, right, that not only are you having to be efficient to just win, which you have to be, right, you can't turn it over. You got to shoot a pretty good percentage because you just can't, you, you can't cover up, mis, you know, misses. It's mistakes. harder to like blow a team out. I exactly. Guess. It, it's really hard because now you have to be not just efficient, but you have to be like extremely efficient. Like you don't have to just shoot, you know, whatever percentage well, you, you have shoot to be efficient on both. ends. And you have to I think do that's the ways. big piece of it because like you have to, to get a cavalanche, you can't just keep scoring. You have to yeah, also exactly. get stops. You're not going to get a 25 like, to two run just because, you know, you're pretty good at basketball. You can have a 25 to 20 run like right. because, <laughs> you know, or you can have a five to two run, but like doing it, you know, and I think this team is like good on both ends, but not great on either end. At this and point, that's, like, and that's exactly what the numbers tell us, right? The numbers yeah. tell us that you know, offensively, they have you know, they're they're they don't turn the ball over very much. Um, their effective field goal percentage is a top hundred. You know, they do a pretty good job of getting to the free throw line, even though they have the yips at times when they get there. And they were like a really good shooting team for a while, and now those numbers are coming back towards what we expected, which is like good but not great. You know, like I mean, they're I mean they're solidly like they're like well thirty seven percent, which is good, like. Um, but it's not, you know, what it was in the first month of the season when it was like, this team is like, you know, JJ Reddick level three point shooting. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where they are is like, 
and that's the thing that kind of gets me is like the Notre the Louisville game, like sure, whatever. Louisville played over their station, but like the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame didn't play good on offense. It's not like Notre Dame like lit it up and UVA just was like, all right, we got them on like the worst possible night. You know what I mean? Like they didn't play that well. They just they hung around because UVA just refused to put them out, put them like take them out of the game. Um and Notre Dame kept making a bunch of like mid turnaround jumpers um and stuff like that. So I think, you know, it's we'll see. This this week will tell us a lot though, I think. Yeah. And that's a that's a good segue. Well done. Um because obviously, you know, the the way the, the, the end of the season breaks out, four games left, two on the road, two at home. Uh they get Boston College tomorrow night. Again, as you listen to this, it'll be tonight. Um we joke sometimes that Chestnut Hill is where, you know, good teams go to die. Uh, this Boston College team is probably more talented than its record would indicate, which is like ACC, you know, hashtag go ACC. Like, I feel like that's everybody in the league this year. Um, you know, you look at every team on this uh, on the slate and it's like, damn, that team's actually more talented than, you know, seven and ten. In the, well, in the every league like it's you. funny, too, because this year I feel like the top ten teams I think the ACC. One of the things I will say is like the ACC is not as maybe good at the top. Like the top four ish aren't as good as they normally would be, but I feel like they're okay, like through the middle. Even though some of those teams are on the bubble, that's more of a resume thing than a talent thing. You know what I mean? Like Clemson, for example, has three quad four losses. <laughs> so, I mean, like they just couldn't get out of their own way in some of these games. But like the middle, like if you go through it, it's like Wake's pretty good and Syracuse isn't as bad as they've been in other years. And even Boston College can beat some teams on the right night. Like, you know, I think all those teams are competitive and tech is better than six and 10 too, I think. Yeah. And that's, and that's actually something I was thinking about earlier. Like if you look at each one of these teams, they have like one or two dudes that like can go out and get theirs. Right. So Louisville, Mm -hmm. for example, if you're not, if you don't put Louisville away, Ellis will just go out there and just ball. Right. He will just, he will just score. Right. Um, Lachewski had moments like that uh, for Notre Dame, though he's obviously not the same type of player. Miami, you know, not necessarily a traditionally sort of great team in the league, but I mean, you know, between Wong They've got and Pack, like three dudes. I mean, yeah, exactly. Every team has a couple of guys, you know, even Clemson to that extent. You know, te- 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 how how Virginia Tech is about to go sixteen and twelve, six and uh, eleven is beyond me, um, because that's a like Justin Mutz is an incredible player. Hunter Couture is an incredible player. The Basili kid is a, is a hell of a big, like what in the world? Like, I have no idea how they went. So they just, sideways. they got, they had that stretch of games where they lost like seven in a row or whatever. I, mean, I, just I know completely screwed up their whole season. <laughs> like, yeah, I know he was out for a while, but man, it just, it, I don't know. There are several of those teams in the league this year too. Right. Anyway, I feel like he's the kind of player you should be able to like work around him being out. Uh, like they have but, like but, Padula can just do what he does. Like, you know I mean, what I mean? They were like, on that, that long losing streak, right? Where they, they lost like, what was it? I think it was like seven, seven in, a in a row or something. Yeah. yeah and it, I think BC in overtime, they lost a weight close. Then they lost. That's the Jeff Bizdelic. If you take that away, they're like, yeah, you, you know, take, 500 you know, take, team in the league. <laughs> you take those seven losses in a row. Um, you know, but they're they start, also their home road split is terrible. That's part yeah, of their problem. It's true. But everybody forgets it. They beat Carolina early in the year and they beat Duke. And they beat UVA. You know what I'm saying? Like they they were one yeah. and zero in the league, and then lost the next yeah. seven ACC games before they beat Duke. Um, yeah. But no, sorry. Let's get to Boston College. The post kid. Listen, I watched him that day shooting, <laughs> shooting those threes. I tried to tell y'all, Brad uh, spreading has, the gospel. He he's made his last eight. Um, I think from the from deep. I mean that dude. You you, you know his pick and pop potential is real. Um, but really, I think it comes down to the Ashton Langford and Zachary kids. Like it. Zachary has been struggling. Like he is a he is he is not quite on the uh, Trey Wirtz bus, but it's close, right? Like he's really he's really struggling lately. Um, it, if you look, if you look up his his Kimpom stuff, he didn't score, and he only played seven minutes, but he didn't score against Tech. Um, he let's see, he had uh, eight points against Florida State. He did score in double figures against Pitt and NC State, um, but he's just not. He's just not doing the kind of things where you kind of used to seeing him do. Now, in that win over Florida State, he did have five assists, which I obviously is a is is a big you know step in the right direction. Um, in the first game, Virginia didn't get to see the 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 both Langfords very often because uh, Demar got hurt and spent a good bit of the time off the bench. Um, so that's a, that's something to watch too. He missed the next, I think it was five games in a row. 
Um, sorry, it was six games in a row. He came back against Florida State. He only played 20 minutes, um, but he did. You know, he at least got out there. So you you would think that you know he's going to probably be able to go uh, against Virginia um, tomorrow night as we record this. I don't know, man. I look at this Florida, excuse me, this uh, Boston College team, and it's like this is a this is the perfect example of a team that like you should probably beat by ten, but it feels like Virginia's going to win this game by like three. You know, mm-hmm. um, it feels and, like at the under four we'll be like we don't know who's going to win this game. Yeah, exactly. And 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 this kind of goes back to our earlier conversation, right? Which is like in the past, like you wouldn't, you know, you might be worried about going to County Forum because there would be like seven people there, and you really got to bring your own energy and everything that goes with that. But I, I feel like this is a game where Virginia has to come out and be sharp. And that's the thing is that, like, I, I feel like there have been moments where you can kind of see them have, making the plays to pull away. Like, they do, send, they do tend to come up with, like, oh, wow, there's the three they needed. You know, they're very Yeah, they had a that. few moments in the Notre Dame game where it's like Franklin hit a big three from deep. And then there was, like, the three where Gardner made the great pass to Vanderplas in the corner. Um like they, it was like okay, this is about to turn, and UVA is about to maybe even cover this, you know, fifteen and a half point spread or whatever. Um, and th- but then they just stopped scoring, and you know, and that's been sort of a repeated thing. I feel like, um, or you know, they'll go on like a, they'll have like a little bit of a scoring issue like earlier in the game, and so then they're in a tight like the Syracuse game on the road. It's like they they won it, and and that's a tough win, you know, but it was one of those games where it's like they couldn't really like get out in front. They couldn't really do any, you know, separate. So you just kind of run into some issues and Hey, I mean, if they do that in six straight NCAA tournament games and that's a national championship, <laughs> but like, you know, I think, I just think, and we're not, I think we're not saying this to be like this team's terrible or anything like that. It's more like, I think people should look at the match. I think they're closer to what like the metrics are telling us than what like the AP poll is telling us. Right. Well, Um, and I think one of the things about the AP poll is, is it really tries to give you a glimpse of like, what do we feel like is the best, the best teams. And it does. And it's, and it's also very recency bias because it depends on who, if you won, like what games you did won that week. Whereas like Ken Palm's like, I don't care about like what you did this week versus last week, for example. And don't even get me started on the net. Like who was it that mm -hmm. won last night? And like one by like eight, and they fell like five place, like five spots in the net. Um, the net is just very volatile. I feel like I feel, um, and I think and part Ken Palm has just, been more volatile. I feel like at some point this year than, like for example, you know UVA played Louisville, and Louisville was like three oh five in Ken Palm when I wrote the preview, and now they're like two seventy or something like they're, that. They're currently two eighty one. Um, yeah, so it's like, you know, they jumped a lot by losing the UVA by a couple points, and then they beat Clemson, obviously, after that. But perfect example, too, is like, and that's one of the things, like, all right, so we can look at, you know, hey, the the the, the Kenpon might not, like, tell the whole story, or, like, maybe these teams are better than what they look like on there, but, like, Notre Dame was literally, like, sub-300 nationally on defense. That is, like, atrocious. Like, so, so bad. And, and that's against, you know, a, a down ACC. So it's like it's not like they're getting pulverized by like teams full of like you know lottery picks. True. True. Um, and and UVA scored what fifty seven points on them at home. Yep. Like I feel like that's got to throw up some red flags, right? To the point <laughs> like, where now Notre Dame is only two eighty eight. Yeah, I mean, like uh, it, we gotta like kind of like look at what we're seeing here and be like, this isn't this isn't what a, a really really elite team should be doing against a team like this and part of the, um, part at of the home thing about- at home on the road you know I'll, I'll say on the road things can get weird you know but yeah at home you should be handling these games like even the, the duke game i mean like the duke game like we we talked about it at nauseum last week they're very lucky to have gotten out with that win and and duke's a good team but they're not like a team that should be going into the number six team in the country and beating them yeah, like, and I think what you just said, honestly, is part of the whole kit and caboodle with UVA this year, which is like they're lucky to have insert blank, right? Like that Notre Dame team had lost coming into that game had lost four in a row. Their only win in the entire calendar, they were, it was like eleven out of twelve or something crazy, right? Was was a was a was a six point win at home against Louisville, which Louisville, was <laughs> yeah. and, and a one point win over Georgia Tech. Uh, at home in overtime. That was it. That's the only two wins that in Notre Dame had had 
or still has at this point. In and some of their of losses are by like, I mean, they were in a lot of games and then you got some lopsided games. Same with Louisville. It's like, you look at their thing. It's like, they're improving, but then they lose to Pitt by 30, you know? And yeah. it's like, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's, that was kind of my thing with this is like one of these two games, they should have won by like 15, 20 points. I feel like to put this in context. And if I'm not, if I'm not reading this wrong, that was the fewest points that Notre Dame had given up except for a win over Jacksonville um, in December. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe if you're, you know, you want to be in, in that kind of company, look, the bottom line is, is that like when you have a show like ours, you're sort of, we talked about this before, right? The idea that like, you're going to just sort of talk about it from a week to week basis. And I think we're that, like, like the eight people. <laughs> exactly. And what's what I, what I think has changed for me from earlier in the season and certainly from, you know, the last couple of weeks has been like, I, I think that, it's not necessarily that I'm worried so much about potential or floor or ceiling and all that fun stuff. It's more about like, okay, the team that I, that I see, the one that I know they are, that team is going to be um, really hard to predict come postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, I could absolutely see the Virginia team winning the ACC tournament, absolutely, because especially if they're if they're the one seed, you look at what that draw might look like. Um, but the problem is, is that like all of your all of your sort of um, your bona fides, your sort of known um, situations in the league are just so topsy-turvy, you know? Other than you know Louisville and Notre Dame are supposed to be bad, and other than you know Pitt is tough, and other than you know Syracuse is going to play a zone, like, what else is there, you know? Like, Carolina is talented, but all over the place, right? Duke is talented, but I don't feel like they have any clue how to really put it all together. Now, I will say they've played well of They might be improving, and I think like, maybe yeah, that's a function yeah. of them, you know, having a bunch of young kids who are very talented, but maybe not quite as like uber talented as some of the Duke teams have been in the one and done era. They've won three in a row now. They've won six of their last eight. Their losses are obviously to the best two teams that they've played during that stretch in Miami and Virginia. Um, and we all know how that Duke game, you know, with Virginia, you know, went at the end. Right? Yeah, they very well could have got could absolutely have been a, a, a Duke win. Um, and what's funny about what's funny about it is Duke is now I think they've worked their way into being a quad one win for UVA. They were um, they were very close to that when the game happened, and then and then I think the loss kind of dropped them a little bit. But they're they're in the ballpark of that. Um, and that's what's so ironic about the net in a sense is like if you lose the game, then it becomes a quad one loss yes. because Duke jumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if so, you beat them, then it's a quad two win because Duke falls, you know, yeah. or whatever. It's just kind of like weird how that works. The the, um, the fun thing about this matchup with Boston College, I think, is that one of the things I think it might actually tell us about UVA is are the Louisville and Notre Dame results and the way those two games played out, are they – indicative of who this team is or does UVA go on the road and beat Boston College like 69 to 53 right because if they do you're like okay maybe this isn't you know quite the way I thought real talk like the Carolina game next Saturday which Ferber's going to be covering for us I mean that thing has the potential to be extremely interesting because like I said Virginia didn't have to play Carolina with Baycoat last time and they only won by seven at home and right? they didn't have Nance either. And I think that Carolina's going to have a significant le- – oh, that's a good point. I and Carolina needs it bad. Oh, yes. There's going to be a significant – that's where I'm going – a significant sense of urgency. Like, they're going to be, like, hair on fire. And if they're not, I mean, I think that's even more – Then they, Yeah, then see in the NIT or company. whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but if Virginia's able to get both of these wins on the road, man, Clemson-Louisville to end it. Um, I mean, that then Clemson team, if they win their two games this week, I think they're winning the ACC yeah. regular season. That Clemson game, honestly, like that Clemson team is exactly the same Clemson team I feel like I've watched for years, right? Um, they're a that, perfect example of it. It's like, look at this team. They're winning all these games, and I'm watching them, and I'm like, this team's not that great. Like, like you, know, like, you know, yeah, they're not bad, but it's like, you know, they're they're certainly not they're great. A, <laughs> like, I made this. I've made this analogy before. I forget which movie it's from. It's like a bag of Doritos, man. It's fine. You know, it's not great. You're not gonna like, you know, write home about it. It's fine. But people forget, man. Clemson has now lost four of the last five. Right? They've lost to Louisville. They've lost to Carolina. They lost to Miami. They lost to Boston College. Like that's not exactly. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. That's that's yeah. all you need, right? 
Um, now they and what's weird is that like in the middle of all that, they beat the brakes off Florida State by thirty. Yeah, they um, yeah they won by forty or something, didn't they? Yeah, it was, like, it was yeah. ninety. Yeah, sorry, I said thirty. It was 90, yeah, they won by forty. 40. It was forty. Yeah, and they jumped like fifteen spots in the net because because they, they, they won by forty yeah, because that the net really loves margin of victory. Do um, you um random kind of a side, but like, do you get like twenty twenty vibes a little bit with this UVA team? Where like, I don't know if you have Ken Palm up, but like, look at how they they went on that winning streak to end the year, and all of those games I feel like came down to the last few plays. All right, let's take a look at this. Um, maybe I don't think this year is quite as dra- like as as kind of insane as that was, but and I that team was different because that yeah. team couldn't score at all. It was yeah, like think, all defense. Yeah, that was the difference, right? Is that they were the yeah. best defense in the country and they were the two hundred thirty fourth. Yeah, they were terrible offense. on offense. So really. I think I mean, they were winning I think every your point game. Is well taken, though. Like, I think the difference with this Virginia team is there are times when they actually do get stops. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh. And then there are times when they make big shots, and you're like, oh. But they don't tend to do a lot of the former and the latter together, right? And it's usually like they only do the thing that yeah, they, they do. They had a really frustrating stretch in this Notre Dame game where they kept getting – I don't I don't have it in front of me, but there was – I swear there was, it felt like there was like seven minutes where like neither team scored. <laughs> like Where it was like they, UVA just kept getting stops, kept getting stops, kept getting stops, and they just could not like get the points to end the game. Yeah. Like – yeah, and then they'll do the same. Then they'll do the opposite, where it's like they're scoring all right, but like you know, Dane Goodwin's making fifteen foot fadeaways, and it, you know, you just go back and forth. Um, that's kind of how it feels like. But it feels like this. I'm starting to get kind of 2020 vibes with this team, where it's like they're winning all these games close, but like I think going into the postseason, I was a little bit more down on them than maybe like you guys were, just because I was like, I don't see how this team's gonna beat a team that can score. Like, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I think well, obviously the, we never got to see, I could have been wrong, yeah, but like, no, I, I think, you know, the, the difference for me with that was, you know, they were always going to get the, this is going to sound ridiculous. Like you're going to get the possessions and the chances to score. Mm-hmm. Right. The question is whether or not the other uh, team wasn't going to be able to, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so the question wasn't whether or not they can score. The question is not, the question was, can they score enough to basically, score more than whatever they allow the other team to and when you're that team it felt like if you got 61 oh yeah i mean if you look at it man like look at some of these some of these scores it's absurd like in a three-game stretch they won they beat pittsburgh by three they beat and that wasn't a good three they beat duke by two and in none of those games they score 60 points right they beat miami 46 44 right Mm mm-hmm um, and yeah, that was a terrible game. I think yeah, they, they, they scored over in from February the 11th on through the end of the season, which ended on March the 7th. They scored 60 points or more once in all of their that win streak. They scored 60 points once. And they kept finding ways to win the games, like the Duke game. Remember, like uh, Huff had the big block, yeah, like at the right. very end. I yeah, think two of them in carry. And then should, yeah, and then should, like hold on, let me let me amend this before people get angry at me. They and then did, Kihei my, Clark. My apologies the, here. Virginia did score seventy eight against Boston College on February nineteenth that year. Yeah. So my bad. It was more than one. That team but is anyway, probably points, terrible. <laughs> points still taken. Points still taken. Um, and then they had like Kihei Clark made like a big shot at Tech, like a yes. basically a buzzer beater to win. And it was like they just kept finding ways to win. And people were like, "Hey, they're winning games," but I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna like if this is meant to last. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once they get into the is, tournament. Yeah, sustainability is key. Um, there's no doubt about that. But, um, like, even this, like, I mean, like, I think that team was, like, finding ways to win with, like, big plays down the stretch, and they probably got lucky a couple times. But, like, I mean, I feel like what happened on Saturday was much more like they got lucky that Dane Goodwin missed than they found a way to win. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, they got they, lucky. They that found they... a way to lose and got lucky that the dude just missed. Like, it wasn't yeah, like mean, they made a bunch of plays down the stretch and then hung on. It was like they made <laughs> no plays, and then Notre Dame just – didn't didn't make the one shot they needed. You they, know? they it's like they made the they made a big shot like the 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 big three and then we're like all right that's enough you know it's like they thought that was their elam number or whatever. Yeah, and it was um, like yeah like Gardner missed the front end and then Wirtz got fouled and then that's when he made missed on purpose. But like that wasn't like a situation where UVA was like they were chipping away on UVA. UVA was like making free throws and they just kept making threes. It was yes. like nope they're. It was like, no, nah, like they're just letting Notre Dame stay in this and hoping they don't make a shot at the end. <laughs> like, you know, the other thing we have not talked about with this team, I don't think enough, honestly, is I have never seen Virginia be in that assist to field goals made situation. Virginia's second nationally in that right now. Yeah. 
They and share the ball really well, even when they're, you know, like having some tough offensive games. Like it feels well, it's like not even just that they share the ball. It's like it goes back to our whole thing about like how, you know, kind of close knit they are and the way they sort of all are yeah. linked. But I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a Virginia team that was that good in that. Um, I mean, they've been top 20 before. Well, they had and see like it's kind of it can be a little misleading because you would think that would be correlated with like great offense. And it is. To an extent. But like but like the 2019 team had dudes that could just get their own shots. Right. So they didn't need a guys who could just kind of go out and get. And get whatever yeah. You had Kyle guy taking guys off the dribble and Dre taking guys off the, you know, like you didn't need assists left and right to score. Um, yeah. Whereas like this team, it feels like it's about sharing the basketball, finding the open guy. And that's what basketball should be. I mean, that's good basketball, right? But I feel like in this Notre Dame game specifically, they might have been oversharing a little bit. Yeah. You had like there was one specific possession where we were kind of talking about it, where like McNeely had the open three in the corner and then he kicked it to Beekman for an equally open three and he missed. Mm-hmm. And we're like, maybe just the first shot. <laughs> like, maybe well, and I think maybe. there comes a time, you know, we talk, I, I always tell the story about Joe Harris is like, you know, at some point Joe had to realize that a Joe Harris shot was better than anybody else do, taking a mm-hmm. shot. Right. Um, but like, I, let's 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 finish this up like this. So we're obviously not going to podcast between now and after the Carolina game. Um, we'll probably. I mean, not they're probably they're going to play three games before we podcast. I was going to say again. we're probably not going to podcast again until next Wednesday, which will be March first, um, which will be um, after the Clemson game the night before. What do you think their what do you what do you, what do you think their record is when we reconvene this year program? What do you what do you what do you think their do they go two and one? One and two, oh and three, three and oh. What do you think? Um, since you're giving me the wiggle room to to have three games, I'm gonna say two and one. But if you ask me to pick them individually, I might pick UVA to win all of them individually. You know, like, um. But I think like two and one feels right to me. I think the Carolina game in particular is gonna be. It. I don't think it's unwinnable or anything, but like, it's gonna be tough. Like. You know, Carolina, that Carolina team last year really kicked UVA's ass down there um, when they played. And, you know, it's kind of a similar team. I think it really depends. I mean, you Baycott's going to be Baycott. Like, he's going to get his. But, like, the guard play is, is like, when Davis and Love are hitting shots, they look like a really, really good team. And then you watch them some games, and those dudes can't hit the broad side of a barn. I, I have like, just... you know. I have no idea how you make any sense of those dudes. Like, I yeah, just, it's just, no and they, they have no, they are like the most confident players, but they'll just confidently be throwing up bricks. <laughs> like I watched the NC state game and they had some good stretches, but at the end of that game, NC state just dominated them just, because just absolutely. I, I said on Twitter, like they just savaged them, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nuts. All right. So, wait. but I'll we'll, say, I'll say two and one. I mean, uh, after all of the like pessimism that we just had, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they went three. I'd be more, way more surprised if they went oh and three than three and oh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but I, I, at the same time, like, I, I feel like they'll handle their business at home, but like on the road, I think they could, they could easily also like lose to Boston College and then be like, all right, we need to get our shit together and then beat North Carolina. Um, I was gonna say they're either two and one with a loss in, in Chestnut Hill, or they're three and zero. Like yeah. I don't know why <laughs> I feel very confident about them against Carolina, even with Baycoat in there. I feel very confident against them with Clemson because real talk, like Clemson, all Clemson's I, I, the game I feel the most confident in. <laughs> yes, and I think the reason for that, and like, look, I'm I apologize in advance for this, and and especially if it ends up coming to the, back to just flip itself on its head, but like I feel like. Clemson is really trying on some level. I'm not saying like they set it out to do this, but like I watch Clemson. I'm like, they're trying to like out UVA UVA and you just can't do that. Right. They play a slower system. You know, they're, they're all about like, you know, I don't think they, they're not playing the pack line principle. As I, Every, they play like it's, this is going to sound really weird and somebody can probably prove me wrong, but it, it feels to me like when I watch them, they play pack line offense where it's like all the <laughs> offenses, like inside yeah, everything the is key. muddy and yeah, like Amir Sims, 16 footers. Like yeah, that's like their yeah. whole offense for yeah. years. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, fair. yeah. Yeah. And I mean like, and I, I watched them and I'm like, dude, this is a, this, other than the fact that they have a bunch of dudes, the big dudes, like typically UVA doesn't have like, a, you know, a hand more than one offensive minded big, but like the Hall kid obviously is pretty good. That Shefflin dude is, is pretty good. And yeah. then you know, obviously Tyson is kind of a longer, uh, he's, like a he's like a big guard. Yeah. He's like a longer yeah. wing. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I just feel like I watch, I, especially these Clemson Virginia games, you know, there was that one year that they scored like seven points in like 15 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. I feel like they're a good matchup for UVA because they, like you said, they're like UVA, like a slightly watered down version. Um, yeah, they're like the you know they got the you got the Nintendo Switch and you got the Switch Lite and nobody and they've would had some good have seasons where like you know we talked about Brownell earlier in the season it's like he'll just pull like a randomly good team after like three bad ones and then keep his job like they made the Sweet Sixteen a few years ago you know yeah we got a and that know. team was pretty good you know that yeah, so team had like Amir Sims and and some good guards yeah um, and that is the only time that he has ever gotten him out of the first round. Yeah, and it, like yeah, they'll just be like pretty good, and then it's like then they'll have like not to mention that I'm pretty sure that was that was that's only the three times that they've been to the NCAA tournament since Brownell's been there since in mm-hmm. since yeah he'll like he does just enough to keep his job for like three more years every time he wins he wins some games and then and then they he he gives himself like a few more years to not make it and then they make it again and they've been close like they've been on the bubble a few times it seems like they're gonna be there again this year, um, but like yeah I think. I think that's a game UVA can win. Um, yeah, especially yeah. the way Clemson's trending right now. I feel like they're going to struggle to score in that yeah. game. But, but ultimately, I think these two road games are. Um, I mean, it depends on what your goals are for the season. But I kind of feel like this is an interesting week where I'm like not too worried about what happens because like we're going to find out more about the team. Like if they win. I mean, if they go to Boston College and and beat them by 15, 20 points, like it's like, all right, cool. Like they had a couple weird games and, you know, they're they're going to work their way through it. And that's very possible. You know, like I'm not saying that's, you know, unlikely, but um, that would be good to see. And then it's like even if they win that game close and then they go to Carolina and lose or something, it's like, all right, well, you know, they they showed they can go on the road and and you know, get a win and play close against a team that really needs it. That's talented or whatever it is. And you're closer to figuring out this team. Um, honestly, like, you know, this is kind of an interesting question. Like how much do UVA fans care about like the ACC regular season and stuff like that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think we talk about that race, but I think at this point there's like bigger fish to fry almost not to say that you don't care, but like, I don't think it means what it meant like five years, 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. All right, I think that is a good place to put a pin in it. I want to thank everybody out there for putting up with Ferber and I when Dave's not here. Um, don't worry, Dave will be back soon. We at least we we hope so. Um, unless he just quit the show right here before five hundred, because why not? Uh, if you're somebody out there find the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your podcast, and if you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, we appreciate it. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod but has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Um, obviously, we will be um, covering the um, the Boston College game. We'll get you ready for Saturday. Ferber will be there on site. Uh, Houston's been killing it on the um, basketball recruiting front. Caught up with the Bliss Kid the other day. Uh, caught up with Nwamba, um the other day. Um, also talk to the Doherty kid from Wisconsin. So lots of stuff to read on the website. Um, I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information. Well, now you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I also want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Ferber and Grainsley of his time on this here uh, Tuesday evening. I very much appreciate it. So for Justin Ferber, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. We should have let you do the outro. That would have been funny. Yeah. Intro is enough for me. <laughs> that felt, it just felt nice to kind of just go through it, you know? Be done. Yeah, I got you. Off. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it.